NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's presented by WinBet. For every $25 you bet on college basketball, WinBet is giving you a chance to win a trip to Las Vegas for March Madness and win $1,000 in free WinBet credits. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $25,000. You heard it. $25,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And don't forget to download the SGPN app. You're home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Yes, sir. We're back. We're back. We're back on another Thursday episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast. I am your host, Villain Rail, the almighty Terrell from Jr. Hello. How's it going? And I'm just going to start this off by saying this. The Jazz are one of the most overrated teams in the league. Absolutely one of the overrated, most overrated teams in the league. Continuously continuously get these large spreads. And yes, they cover them sometimes because they're not going to be that trash. They're not that trash. They get them every single time and they don't cover. They're just feeding you a little cover here, there, feed you a cover here, feed you a cover there of those large spreads just to make you think that they're good. And then boom, they go to overtime with the Houston Rockets. And although Houston did not come out and get the money line win, like the OKC Thunder, which I told you to bet last episode, so I might not have made it my dog, but I told you to bet the Thunder money line. So if you cashed on that, congratulations to you. But they still struggled with the Houston Rockets. They, this team is a first round out. I'm sorry. They're a first round out. And with me, you know it's Thursday, so I got them with me. My guy, Scott. Scott, what's going on? Nothing much. In a pretty good mood. Went 3-0 in the prop cast yesterday, which is nice. Uh, I know that Munaf went 2-1. So 5-1 podcast, never a bad thing to go into, at least to follow Absolutely up not. for a show like today. But everything you said about Utah, I agree with. Unfortunately, though, Phoenix lost to them, but that's also because they were without Chris Paul. You know, they're still adjusting whatever. Yep. You ranted about Utah because that's fair. You know, they're 17 games over, yet nobody trusts them. I got to rant. Do you know they a have bit. higher odds? Do you know they have higher odds than Memphis to win? Like, to win the West? You mean lower odds? Lower odds, yes. They have lower odds. Shit, yeah. Hell yeah. They have lower odds than Memphis to win the West and the title. That's ridiculous. It's really that's stupid. Absolutely. If you take, if you give me Utah versus Memphis right now, I'm literally betting the house on Memphis. Memphis would win For that one, series in six. For one, Memphis is not losing to them in a series again. Absolutely not. Well, you mentioned That's Utah incredible. as your team you wanted to quickly rant. I got to mention a team that we know is going to be complete garbage moving forward. But I got to talk about Portland, man. I got to bring <laughs> it up. I got to do it. Phoenix, of course, has no Paul for a couple of weeks. Booker's in COVID protocol. Might be the only player in COVID protocol in the last month and a half. 
like no <laughs> yeah for real when they said it i was like wait what that's still a thing <laughs> this is a thing there's there's no daniel gafford daniel gafford is the last person that i can remember in covid protocol yeah but there's no chris paul there's no devin booker and you think all right portland's still getting 11 now i still like phoenix anyway just because i know how bad portland is you can't lose by 30 to a team that's missing its best two players. Like, that just can't happen. I know that you're a terrible team anyway, and Portland's yep. basically a G League roster. Yep. But you got 30-pieced by a team with no Devin Booker and no Chris Paul? Really? 30-pieced? Come on, man. Yep. You got to do better it's than really that. Bad. It is really bad. It is really, really – they started Landry Shaman, who they actually – you. You kind of get the feeling that they don't even like him anymore, to be honest. <laughs> well, he never plays because he's bad. And so, yeah, he was in the starting lineup. It was, it was, that was really, really bad showing by them. A terrible showing by them. But, I, don't, I don't know what Portland's supposed to do. I expected Phoenix to cover anyway just because I figured Phoenix would be extremely motivated after losing to Utah, no matter who was playing. And Portland, mm-hmm. I've seen that team. Like, they are one of the worst rosters in the entire league, if not the worst and when your biggest move in the last month is to sign Drew Eubanks off of waivers or free agency, your team's not going to win many games. I know but on lose by 30. Oh, God. It's really, really bad. It's really, really bad. I feel so, I feel so bad for Chauncey up there because I know that when Chauncey took that head coaching job, this was not what he was expecting at all. <laughs> this was 100% not. He thought he had Dame, CJ. He had something to build off of. He was going to ride with those two. Portland has literally everybody that was starting for Portland is, not, is either not on the team anymore or hurt. Yeah. Is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's really bad. I mean, you even look at the bench, because I know, of course, the starters we went through before, they're not very good. But you got no. the bench. You got Watford, Gabe Brown the third, Blevins, Williams, McLemore, and Johnson. People know who Matt is. Greg Brown? Is. Greg yeah. Brown? Uh, yeah. I thought it was – is it Gabe Brown or Greg Brown? Sorry, it's Greg it's Brown. Brown. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Gabe Texas. Brown's the Michigan State guy. I really like him, though. I really like him, though. He's the one who goes between the legs mid-game. But <laughs> I, the point is you're going through the bench, and even the bench is a bunch of nobodies. I mean, yeah. if you look at their actual roster, I'm sure most casual NBA fans have probably heard of two and a half to three players on that team because you got Simons, which is a question mark for most casuals. People know who Josh Hart is, and you probably know who Ben McElmore is. That's it. That's the entire mm-hmm. team from a casual perspective. Most people have probably not heard of the majority of the roster. I think people only know Anthony Simons because he won the dunk contest. That's what I'm saying. So that's why I mentioned him yeah. for casuals. So you got about three players. That's it. Yeah, that's wild. You know, I think I would put a bet in for Portland to get the one, the one, number one overall pick. See, I because don't really know what – all the. Yeah. It's all lottery based now, though, isn't it? I mean, I mean, it was yeah, before, it is, but now but, the top but, three of the same odds. Yeah, but when you just sitting here and you're thinking like about who wins the first, like who wins the lottery, is at this point is starting to feel like it's just randomly going mm-hmm. out to somebody, and it's like uh, they got it. Like, and so what is more random in an off season where I think multiple 
I think a couple of good teams are going to actually have a chance in a lottery because they got a first-round pick from somebody. But what's more random than Portland having the one seed for the first time since when? Uh, the first pick since probably Odin. Yeah, it got to be Odin, right? I can't think of anybody else it was. So what's more random than that? Something good needs to happen to the city of Portland because, Jesus Christ, this is terrible. Well, you know the Knicks aren't going to win the lottery. No, they're not. They're not. They're not. That, if the Knicks ever won the lottery, that would literally be the best thing to happen in New York in the past. Well, in basketball. In, it's a, in it's a pretty weak years. draft class, to be honest. But Do you still, think so? I, do you, I think it's do you really weak. think so? I do. I don't the, think it is. I, I See, the thing is, it really depends on what you're looking for from a draft class. Are you looking for – depth are you looking for a lot of star talent up top when it comes to evaluating i feel like this class this upcoming class is going to be relatively deep because there are a mm-hmm. lot of intriguing young prospects mm-hmm. i'm still not sure if holmgren's going to fully translate to the next level just because of how skinny he is and i've seen jabari smith play for oh, is he really going to come out is he really going to come out i mean no. I, oh, of course he's going to come out is he but like come out? Hogram. I just I feel mean, like Hogram is one of those. Today's college basketball, yeah, you yeah, immediately signed for he, tens he, of millions of dollars. He just literally, he he literally feels like he just looks like the type of Gonzaga player that stays all four years and then comes out. I like, think he's just, just going to take like. the money and run. Yeah, but Jabari I mean, Smith it'd be the smartest probably, decision. It'd be the smartest decision for yeah. him. Jabari Smith will probably be the first pick in the draft from Auburn. I've watched him play. I think he's yeah. got talent. Do I think that he is a can't-miss immediate contributor? No. I think that he's a pretty good player who needs to work on some things. But the point is, I just mentioned two potential number one picks that have some potential flaws, at least in the immediate future. So I don't see any immediate plug-and-play, you're going to walk into 20-6. and I just don't see that, so I do think that up front – for the first pick, second pick, et cetera, you might have to wait a little bit on one of these guys to fully come around. But I feel like that's the one issue I have with this upcoming draft, draft class. As a whole, the talent should be there from top to bottom. But mm-hmm. when it comes to the number one overall pick, I do think that comparing it to most number one overall picks, it's a bit weaker. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I will say in name value and how we know them as a college basketball player, but when we sit here and we look at some past number one picks that have gone, just look at this last one in Cade Cunningham. Everything was like, oh, Cade is – Cade, 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 Cade is coming to Motor City, Motorcade, all that stuff. And Cade's been, I mean, lukewarm. He's been yeah. lukewarm for the most part of the season. He hasn't been bad. He hasn't been bad at all. But well, it the isn't shooting like numbers he's going out and giving for, you 20. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. And even if you look into the second pick and Jalen Green, Jalen Green's been very – lukewarm for the majority of the season it's not until you get to evan mobley and he's has some nights where he just falls off that you're like oh 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 my gosh right there yeah, yeah. but this class that I, this class i'm thinking okay they don't have the name value but i just feel like like a jabari smith a jay and ivy uh ben Shuro, if he gets his head out his ass would be really good i think those are a few number of names like just a couple of names johnny davis from uh, wisconsin he's coming out He's going to be a, a really good scorer. I think he can add to a team. And uh, my old boy from uh, Iowa, uh, 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 Murray. Murray. Um, uh, Murphy? Mur- is it Murphy? Uh, Ke- no, is it Ke- Murphy Ke- or Murray? Ke- uh, Ke- Keegan. Keegan. Yeah, Keegan. 
Yeah, Keegan, Keegan, I think it's Murray. But Keegan Murray, he's going to be like, Murray. so it's just yeah. a bunch of, yeah, so it's a bunch of names that I'm like, and I'm looking at their game and I'm watching them play college basketball. I'm like, hold on, like, these guys could be like, Keegan's they could be all right. Keegan's good. Yeah, yeah, he is. And so I'm just like, all right, there's a bunch of names here. Like, these dudes, and I'm almost, I'm almost want to say that you don't want to get the number one pick because now you're going to be known as the person that passed up on X, Y, and Z really, really good players that came into the league and took it by storm and chose this person who probably needed some more time to develop. So that's why I'd be afraid of the number one pick this year. I would like, all right, let's just let somebody else fuck up the number one pick, and then I'll make the choice of what I got from right there because this is a really deep class. I think this is a really, really deep class. Well, it's always the case when you don't have a clear-cut number one, and even though Jabari Smith seems to be right now the consensus number one, you know Holmgren's going to get some some, some people calling for him to be the first pick. I'm sure you yeah. have an international prospect or two that might be rumored to be a top one, top two pick. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be Jabari Smith. It just seems like his overall skill set is the most fluid right now. Mm-hmm. And I do think that he might have the easiest transition to the NBA of all of these top, top prospects. But mm-hmm. you have any thoughts on Holmgren? I, I didn't expect this to turn into a full draft analysis, but no, shoot, I'm having fun who, with it. <laughs> I, I like him, but mm-hmm. I feel like his floor is what Pokashevsky. I mean, like the same build, a guy yeah. who needs to gain probably like forty, fifty pounds if he's going to be a serious power forward center in the league. Mm-hmm. He can shoot, he can handle, but. I mean, he's also playing in the WCC. So he's going up against really awful schools half the time, which definitely helps pad his numbers. So I don't really know what to think of Holmgren. So I'm not really worried about the weight thing because while I don't think Giannis was – and I'm not comparing him to Giannis at all. But Mobley was skinny as hell, but even Mobley had about, what, 15, 20 pounds on on Holmgren? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. And and he's he's young. Like, the kid is, what, 18, 19 years old, maybe? Mm -hmm. So, he still can put on weight, and that's literally – whoever drafts him, that's going to be – like, they're going to say, we're going to fatten you up. Yeah. Matter of fact, we always – check, if you – you not if, you are listening to this because we're fucking awesome. You are listening to this right now. Check. Let me bring you down to the south, my boy. Hey, look, let me bring down to the south. We're going to get you some sweet potatoes, some mac cheese, some cornbread, some Kool-Aid, and we, hey, we going to fatten you up, and we going to thicken you up. And then we going to – so we just going to fatten you up, and you're going to be all fat, and then we're going to turn it into muscle, and we're going to get you in the gym, and then we're going to start feeding you, like, the real good healthy stuff, and we're going to turn it all into muscle. And then you're going to be amazing. It's going to be like you had – you lived in the south your whole life. Just give – Give us a a couple years with you. You gonna be just like you gonna be right. He gonna be right. He need to get on the Zion plan. That's what he need to do. But no, I like so. But going back to his his game, I think that the physicality is real. Because if you sit here and you think about, I don't know if you caught the game either, but when you think about when they played with Duke, they were just tossing his his frail ass around yeah. he he was he was like the little you know the little joint that'd be outside of the car shop that'd be flailing in the wind and just be whoo, whoo. Well, also Timmy, mark, mark williams just completely dominated the game yep 100 percent. and so 
I think that's concerning because the NBA, everybody is big. It's not just that one team. Everybody is big in the NBA. So you're going to struggle. And for the most part, I think you need to understand that if you draft him, he's going to be a project. He's not somebody that's going to come in and automatically do what you need him to do. He's going to be a project. More than likely, he's going to be a spot-up shooter for the early part of his career, which isn't wrong because Giannis was somewhat of a spot-up shooter for the early part of his career. He wasn't really driving to the basket when he first got to the league. And again, not comparing him to Giannis. I'm just talking about how Giannis was skinny and then put on a bunch of weight. That can be the same trajectory that he has in in terms of he just – hey, you're not going to live in the paint for real. I know you're a seven-foot body, but we're going to teach you more like a kind of like a Chris Porzingis, and we're going to have you space the floor and spot up and shoot, and Mm -hmm. we're just going to attempt to fatten you up. Because if he doesn't, that's exactly what I see. I see Chris Porzingis if he doesn't put on more weight. Well, well, that's why I think Smith will be the first pick, because we're talking about how even if Holmgren's going to be okay to start his career, he's going to need a pretty decently noticeable body transformation in order to yeah. reach that potential. Jabari Smith has already kind of gotten the body that you, you'd want for a small forward, power forward in the NBA, at least today. So I think he will be the number one pick. I'm yeah. not sure if he would be a great fit in Detroit, for example, with Jeremy Grant on the, on the roster. With but you got you to think, think Grant is, is going to be on the way out. I got to so. assume he's on the way out too. So that's why I yeah. do think Smith would make sense if you ship off Grant for a couple of picks which could help you transition to a Cade Smith and even Bagley. That's what I was saying, Bagley. Yeah, throw Bagley in there for sure. So that's why I do think Smith as of right now, of course it depends who gets the pick, but if I had to put money on who would be the first pick right now, I would assume that Jabari Smith will be the pick. I'm putting money that Portland's going to win the lottery. Portland needs help. Everywhere, time, so just remember this now. Remember this podcast now. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It just feels like it just feels like Portland should win the lottery. Even though they're not the worst team in the league, they're gonna have some some. It, they got to fall out of the playoffs though. So they're in the playing now. They got to fall out of the playing for them to get that. But if they fall out of playing and they get like a six seven percent chance, like something like that, I think that it, the the balls are gonna fall in their favor. They're gonna win because Portland deserves something nice, and it's time. I wonder, hmm, I wonder if anybody's got those odds up yet. I should check over at WinBet. And speaking of WinBet, WinBet has a massive college basketball contest. Yes, we're giving you college basketball on the NBA feed. Nobody tell Kobe, please. <laughs> the grand prize winner will see reserves, will receive a reserve seating area, four seats in that area, by the way at the world-renowned Win Las Vegas Race and Sports Book for the early round action of the college basketball tournament. So that's Thursday and Friday, March 17th, 16th, 17th, no, 17th, 18th. 17th, 18th, that's what it is. All right, so 17th, 18th, you can win uh, reserve seats at Win Las Vegas, as well as two rooms. You get two rooms at Win Las Vegas for a two-night stay. So you get reserve seats, four seats in the, in the st- sports book to watch the early round games, and you get two rooms. In addition, they'll be awarded $1,000 in free bets from Win Las Vegas. Any WinBet patron that places a minimum $25 wager on college basketball during the promotional period will become eligible for the prize, and players can take advantage of the offer immediately. There is no limit to the number of entries a patron can receive into this grand prize drawing. For example, if a patron wagers $1,000 on college basketball during the promotional period, they will receive 40 entries. 
Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or order to, in, to enter and present the, in the state where play is available through WinBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. There are never enough things to gamble on, and one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part is now there is a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and pay games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select and build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free weekly games at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. This Saturday, tune in to SGPN's Stable Duel live stream. Sean, Ryan, and horse racing expert Malcolm Tip talking ponies. Plus, you have a chance to win $25,000 live on YouTube at 8.30 a.m. Pacific, 11.30 a.m. Eastern this Saturday. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. All right, so we went on a mini rant about the Jazz, a mini rant about Portland, Portland winning the first-round pick, to talking about the potential first-round picks, to talking about Portland winning the first-round pick again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, what a way to start the podcast. Should we actually talk about games now? Eh, they're overrated. Yeah, if you want to talk about it, we can. Um, I don't know. All right, well, that's it for the NBA Gambling Podcast. All right, I'm playing. <laughs> yeah, let's, talk, let's, let's go through some games. <laughs> Woo! First up on the slate, the Chicago Bulls are traveling down to the ATL to play the Atlanta Hawks. Line opened up at minus four. It is currently sitting at minus one for the Chicago Bulls. Bulls opened up minus four. It's currently sitting at minus one. The line has creeped up all the way to 232 and a half. Scott. The Bulls versus the Hawks. Hawks are kind of trying to make a surge into, you know, a solid playoff spot here. What are you doing with this? No, I thought Atlanta was, and they fell apart in the second half against the Jalen Brown with Celtics team. I don't know what that second half was in the last game. But for this matchup, the main reason why the line has moved so much is because Trey Young is expected to play. He has been dealing a bit with an ankle issue, which happened in the Celtics game. And yeah. Chicago, as a result, was about a four-point favorite because they weren't sure if Trey was going to play. Now it seems like he's going to play, which is why the total has gone up and why the spread has come down a couple of points. Oh, I had I the over in the last meeting. Uh, that ended up not getting there because they put up, I believe it was 43 points in the first quarter. I still like the over in this game just because I do think that both teams, first of all, the first two meetings landed exactly at 248. Mm-hmm. So I still think that 232 is a bit too low. But even in this third game, you had 43 points in the first quarter, and every other quarter had uh, – to go in order. Second quarter had 59. Third quarter had 62. Fourth quarter had uh, 56. So I still like the over. 
I think you'll see a lot of points, a lot of pace in this game. The yep. Bulls can't stop Trey Young. The Hawks can't stop DeMar DeRozan. They're just going to go back and forth. I'm going to take the over. Yeah, just to quickly tap in on the injury report, because, again, of course I didn't say the injury report. Trey Young, questionable for the game. It looks like he's going to play, though. Lou Williams is probable with a hip injury. John Collins is doubtful with the foot injury. And Okongwu is still out. Going down to the Chicago Bulls. And Lonzo, all the, it's all the same. Lonzo, Patrick Williams, Caruso, they're not playing. So, basically, the Bulls are fully healthy. I'm assuming I'm on, you also like I'm, the over in this game. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm just going to blind bet the over. It's not going to miss twice, is it? I don't think so. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You still finish with 220 yeah, with one quarter having 43 points. Yeah, it's not gonna. It's, yeah, it's not gonna. It's not gonna fall. It's not gonna fall short again. No way. Um, I like Atlanta. I'm on Atlanta. I'm on Atlanta. Yeah. Even without Collins and well, Collins has played for a couple weeks at this point. Yeah, so they're yeah they're they're basically getting used to life without him right now, and. I still like the rotation that's going on. I need DeAndre Hunter to step the fuck up, though. That's yes. he's he's really becoming disappointing as as of late. But it seems like Bondanovich might be finding his stride a little bit. If he gets going and he can start going consistently, then he's going to be a really really good piece, especially coming off the bench for them. Uh, Gallinari is solid I, th- I think that they have pieces basically they did what a lot of teams try to do when they have a superstar especially a superstar point guard is they just surround them with outside shooting mm-hmm. and that's what ultimately what the hawks have done and with, because of that i always feel like the hawks are in every game like, it doesn't matter who they play i always like wow the hawks the hawks have a chance because that offense can be if everybody's hit clicking on all cylinders there's nobody that can beat them. They're they're going to put up a lot of points every single game. But again, this team is also not going to defend because if it's not DeAndre Hunter, nobody is really playing defense at all. So that's why we're 100% on the over here. But this might be just a little bit uh, Chicago's really good too. And Chicago doesn't play any defense at all either. Chicago's good, really but it's good. worth mentioning Chicago's 16 games over. They're only 15 and 14 on the road. Oh really? Yeah, they're I not a very good road, road record. Yeah, I didn't realize the road record was that bad. Holy shit! Yeah, they just had that that loss to the Heat where it felt like they were kind of in that game, and the Heat just kind of pulled away towards the end. It's really the bench for me because if they if you're if I get something from the bench of the of the Hawks and I'm not getting anything from the Bulls bench, and that's really like my issue with a lot of teams in the league is that. They're so top heavy that there's a there's not a lot of depth in these teams. Like teams go deep because they have to, but it's not like they have good players on the bench. And so if Kobe White isn't carrying that bench production for them, then they're really like it's really no solely on the starters to score for the Bulls. And because of that, yeah, I'll go Atlanta too. I think I like Atlanta in this spot. After the last meeting where Atlanta should have won the game, and then they went, I believe they gave up a 7 nothing run or a 10 nothing run. Yeah, something like that. Absolutely. But they basically handed the game over on a silver platter. But the fact that Atlanta's four, uh, is uh, three games under but five games over at home, I do think Atlanta should fare pretty well in State Farm Arena tonight. I'll go with Atlanta. 
I think the Bulls. I think the Bulls get out quick on the road. Actually, I think they'll get out quick and win the first first quarter. Don't don't ask me why. Don't ask me if I have any stats to back that up. It just feels like a a gut. It just it just feels like a gut decision that the Bulls get out early, and then Atlanta comes back and wins the game and kind of dominates the rest. So I would look at a live play and getting in on Atlanta a live play at a, a little bit of a juice here uh, odds or getting some that getting some points in the end if you want to play that game as well. All right. Let's go – oh, wow. I can't wait to talk about this here. This line can't be right. This line can't be right. This line also moved a ton o- overnight. I believe Memphis was like three and a half, and now they're, at one, now they're one point dogs at this point. So you have one? I'm looking at two and a half. That can't be – all right, we're going with that. We're going with that because that can't – let me go – hold on. No, I'm going to win bet because I don't believe that. I don't believe what I'm looking at right there. There's no way it's at two and a half. I see. Either way, two and a half. Either way, so everybody knows what we're talking about. The Memphis Grizzlies are Grizzlies are traveling to the Garden to play the Boston Celtics. It is two and a half. The line, it is at two. Wow. Okay, this line opened up. Memphis minus three. It is currently sitting at the Celtics minus two and a half. Line is is currently at two twenty three and a half. That means one thing, right? I mean, it means Jaw's not going to play, right? It, I mean, it has to. Jalen Brown is still out for the Celtics, and that's what I'm saying. Jalen Brown is out, so why is this line moving? And there's literally nothing on the injury report. There, there's nothing. I mean, Pons is not playing with a thigh injury. Concar is questionable with an ankle injury, and we know Dylan Brooks has not been out yet. I mean, has not been back yet. It has to be some type of some type of knowledge that somebody has saying that John Morant is taking a night off or, you know, for rest or what. It has to be. Because nothing makes this line movement make sense. No, not at all. Without that, if if there's if that is not the case and they're playing a, a full lineup, this line movement absolutely doesn't make sense at all. And maybe it possibly beca- could be because they realize that we have a birthday in the house, ladies and gentlemen. Happy birthday to Jason Tatum. Have fun on all of Jason Tatum's props. Just take take them for the moon. Do whatever. Bet a triple-double. Bet them to get 50. Bet them to get 40. Bet them to get whatever. Just throw money at Jason Tatum props today because it's his birthday and anything can happen. Literally anything can happen. It still doesn't make sense for this line movement. It really doesn't. If I was somebody that felt comfortable betting Celtics basketball, I would bet Celtics. Let me say that again for the people so they understand what I'm trying to tell you. If I was somebody that felt comfortable, so I'm not saying that I'm doing this because you guys know that I do not feel comfortable betting Celtics basketball in any form or fashion. But if I was somebody that did, I would follow this line movement. I don't care. I would follow the line movement, and I'd take the Celtics minus two and a half. Now, me, really real, really real is 100% taking the points in Memphis because Memphis is one of the best teams in the league. And ultimately, it feels like they are on a roll. It feels like it doesn't matter east or west right now. They are going to – try to outclass every team and they are making a push for this one seed in the West and they know they need every single game they can get. 
every single game that they can get. They're making a push not only for just the one seed, but they also want to hop the Warriors. And so even if they don't catch the one seed, they hop the Warriors for the two seed. And worst, worst case scenario, they have home court advantage against the Warriors in the, sec- in the semifinal round of the Western Conference. So I'm going to give you a trivia so, question here, by the way. Yeah. The Grizzlies have played 14 games without John Morant this season. Do you know how many of those 14 games they've won? 11. 12. They're 12 oh, and 2. Damn it. They're 12 and 2. Damn. So the point is, so, even if Ja doesn't play, I still think that is what, what is telling you that they're not. Oh, man. There's no reason. Like, even I am one of the most. Like, I am a line movement better. I really am. I'm a line movement better. If the line movement tells me something, nine times out of ten, I am following it. But for it's two things about that. I'm not going to follow it with the Boston Celtics because this is just the ultimate spot for them to let you down in. Remember I tell you that the Celtics let you down in the worst time that you think they would? This is ultimately the spot that they will always let you down in, especially the spot where they have some crazy-ass line movement that makes no zero sense and is telling you, bet Celtics, bet Celtics, bet Celtics, because – all the money is on Memphis, and the line key is reverse line movement going to the Celtics. Absolutely. However, it's 100% of the spot that they would lose the game, man. And two, I really don't follow line movement in NBA that often because the NBA is so volatile. Now, if this was football, it'd be something else. If there was some line movement in football, I'm telling you, all right, go ahead, bet the house on it. But in the NBA, man, even college basketball, I would do it. But the NBA, no, not, absolutely not. So I'm taking the better team. I don't care if they're laying two and a half points now for no good reason. I'm taking a better team. Give me Memphis plus two and a half. I would care if Boston was fully healthy, but they're not because Jalen Brown's not going to play. So even if Ja doesn't play, yes, the Celtics still have Tatum, but the Celtics are still shorthanded no matter what. Now, if I had to guess, 2 p.m. Eastern time, there's going to be some random Ja questionable news that randomly circulates when somebody clearly knows something. But yep. when you're twelve and two straight up without your best player and you're against the team that's missing its second best player, yep. I think they're a bit disrespected. I would wait until there is some John news because that way you might get a better line. But I think Memphis is very alive to win this game anyway. For this to be two and a half, it can't be just John. It has to be John and somebody else. Jackson? Yeah, like it's got to be like John Jackson or John Desmond Bain or something. Okay. And John Jackson probably makes the most sense to give both of those two rests. They both, you know, had injury problems in the past. Mm. Ooh, excuse me. I like the under. I, I feel like if you're going to end up gambling on injury news or what to expect there, then I do think the under is probably the move because Memphis without John naturally plays a lot slower. Yet Boston, we know, <laughs> plays slow in the first place. But if you were assuming that Jaws not going to play and you're giving me a total in the 220s, I got to mm-hmm. take the under. Yeah, no. So this same same thing for me, exact same thing for me. And honestly, Boston could win this game and Boston could win this game by one point. Yeah. 100%. I would not be – because they did the same – I think it was against the Bulls where the Bulls had everybody out and everybody was on Boston and Boston won the game by – I think it was one point as well. So – I'm just telling you, if you if you feel comfortable betting Boston, this is the play for you. I'm telling you, if you feel comfortable, it's the play for you. But absolutely not. And we have stats to back it up because that 12-2 and two is ridiculous. And that, I feel like that's the reason Jaw ja is not getting more hype for MVP, honestly. It's like they're too good. 
Memphis is playing too well. <laughs> it's also a situation where Ja, I feel like, would be a serious MVP candidate if he was getting more hype for the majority of the season. We know the highlights yep. have always been there, but it yep. kind of seems like Ja Morant's the new... He kind of took over the place of DeRozan, where it's just like, this guy's showing MVP. And it's like, he's yeah. clearly not going to an MVP, but if you want to talk about this week's a new MVP flavor, then sure, mention job, but he's not going to win the award. And it's crazy because, and it's really just because Memphis is a small market, because he's been doing this same thing literally all season. Oh, his numbers are clearly MVP worthy. It's just a matter yeah. of nobody talked about him as a serious uh, candidate for until the just award. now. Yeah, until a week and, and a half ridiculous. ago. That's not And he's fair. not going to win. That's, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. All right, whatever. Moving on. The Detroit Pistons are going to Toronto to play the Toronto or do Toronto have fans yet or do they still not have fans do they have fans last I didn't catch that game against them I'm sure people in Canada root for Toronto well no I mean in the, I, I, I'm messing oh with you yeah. you're such a fucking I'm dickhead. assuming that they have limited attendance because I know <laughs> Kyrie couldn't actually attend the game uh, for the Nets the other night so I'm assuming yeah. they have fans but pretty limited capacity Okay. All right. So, yeah, Pistons going to play Toronto in Toronto. Toronto's laying eight. Sun actually ticked down from eight and a half to eight. Sitting at 218 on the total. This game just feels like – it just feels disgusting to me. I don't know. I, I like Detroit here. Do you really? I do. At Toronto, I watched them against the Nets. They won the first game by 30-something. And then they went back to Toronto. Van Vliet did not play. And they barely won. Kyrie didn't play in either game because he couldn't go to Canada. And you have Van Vliet, who's questionable, and Ananobi, who's questionable. But you look at Detroit, this team isn't good. But since the All-Star break, they have actually been competitive. And looking at the last couple of games, you can just go down the line here in Detroit. I think they're better than their overall record shows. And because of that, I'm going to take Detroit against an injured Toronto team because going through the last couple of games, they beat Boston by one. They beat Cleveland by three. They lost to the Celtics by nine. They covered that one. Beat Charlotte in overtime and covered against the Wizards and lost by three. So they've actually been pretty good against the number. I'm going to take Detroit. Mm, I don't know. I think I'm going. Oh, they could get run out of the building, but I do think that because of overall season numbers, Detroit's a bit undervalued because they have been playing a lot better for the last week and change. Let's That's my main argument. This. Yeah, let's go back to this injury report. So, Hamadou Diallo is probable with an ankle injury, and Marvin Bagley is doubtful with an ankle injury as well. What else is new? <laughs> and Toronto. Toronto, like you said, uh, Anobi is questionable with that finger injury. Uh, and Fred Van Fleet, there he goes. Fred Van Fleet is questionable with the knee injury. Can you back Toronto without knowing if Van Vliet's going to play? I can't lay eight points if I don't know if Van Vliet's going to play. Mm. I'm not really, I'm not really afraid of doing that. Okay. Actually, just saying though, he was the only all star on the team. Because I don't think that I, they they. So I'm not counting the second game where they played in Toronto because. Those second game back to backs, those back to backs are 
weird. Like those back, those yeah. regular season back-to-back games where you're playing each other, those are weird. And normally one team covers one and the other team covers mm-hmm. the other or wins the other one outright or anything like that. So I'm really not even putting too much stock into that game. But that first game is really what I'm looking at. And they got the Nets up out of there. They got them the fuck up out of as there. As they should. So, yes, as they should. And they didn't have Frank Van Fleet in that one. And so do I think that that Nets team that played right there – is similar to this Detroit team? Yeah, I do think they're similar. And I wouldn't be surprised. Like, if, they, if those two teams played as constructed, it, it would be – I wouldn't think it would be a blowout either one way or another. So, because I think that they're comparable and because the last time these teams played, Toronto took an uncharacteristic loss to Detroit, 87-103, I think a little bit of revenge is on mine. Give me Toronto in the eight. I like they, it. I think they scored that eighty-seven good. points against Detroit. They also didn't have Gary Trent Jr. that game. Just saying though, eighty-seven points against. Detroit. Yeah, no, that's Come really on, bad. Yeah, that's really bad. That is really, really bad, and, and that has to regress. There's no way that happens again. That it has, has to, to but um, if I'm going by form, yes, the Raptors looked really good against the Nets in Brooklyn, but since the break, they've been awful yeah, I agree against the number so I just think this number is too high I'm gonna take Tor- I'm gonna take uh, Detroit all right we're gonna disagree I'm on Toronto and any thoughts on this total I mean it feels kind of ugly it, it does if, feel if, if Detroit ugly. is really if Detroit is really playing better then it has to go over because I think I don't think Toronto is just gonna let themselves get run out the building again and so if Detroit is playing better and Detroit can actually score the basketball, then, yeah, it has to go over this number. I think I'm going to go over. Uh, just looking at the last couple of games, which I mentioned for Detroit's overall record, but played the Wizards 229, played the Hornets, went to overtime, but he still had 230-plus uh-huh. in regulation. Played the Celtics, a very slow-paced team. That landed 217. This total seems a bit low. I'm going to go uh-huh. with the over. All right. I'm taking a break for the next one. I'm going to just say this and I'm going to just pass it off because I have no idea what I'm doing with this game. I'm not even going to lie to you. I have no idea. I have a thought of what I'm going to do, and it's going to be on Scott to if he's going to sway me any one way or the other. But the Miami Heat are coming on a back-to-back, and they are traveling to play the Brooklyn Nets. The Miami Heat are laying two and a half, 221 and a half on the total for the injury report for the Brooklyn Nets, guess what? That man is back. Kevin Durant will is expected to make his return tonight. Andre Drummond is listed as probable with a knee injury. Ben Simmons is still out due to conditioning. I don't know how much. Con- I, I I told y'all he wasn't doing shit when he was off. Somebody was trying to tell me that hey he was get, he was working he was working he was getting better he was working on his free throws. No, he wasn't. That man was not doing shit when he was off. <laughs> oh man. Kyrie Irving is out because it's a Nets home game. We know that. Joe Harris may never come back ever again. For this season, at least, he's not coming back. (laughs) For the Miami Heat side, Kyle Lowry is still out with personal reasons. I hope everything is good with him. He's been out for personal reasons for a lot recently. Mm -hmm. I really hope everything is good with him. Marquis Morris has still been out since Jokic put him on his ass. And Victor Oladipo, we may never see again. So, Scott, I think I know what I'm doing with this game. Oh, I what already you know you're going to fade Brooklyn. So, I- I'm taking you Miami. You are? Yeah, of course. Really? Of course I'm taking ho- Miami. What kind of question I is that? Hope- yeah. 
I was hope I was really, really hoping that you were gonna sway me to Brooklyn today. Like Hell I was really, no. really hoping you were gonna say something that swayed me to Brooklyn. If they were playing anybody not Miami, I would I would consider it. But no, I still think Miami is the best team in the East. They completely choked away the game against Milwaukee yesterday. They just had it. They, they did. Were up it the was that way. last that last few possessions was so hard to watch. It was the inbound so hard pass to watch. jump ball. Yes, that's everything. the play you design for an inbound pass when they're trying to foul you. Uh, either that way, was really, really bad. The point is, Miami had a win against a top tier team in their grasp, and they let it go. But yep. after a loss like that, I think there's a good chance Miami just comes out extremely focused and kills this team. Now, Durant, of course, is going to help. Is he going to be on a minute restriction? I don't know. Probably not, but they probably should. So I'd assume Durant plays, what, 30 tops? Maybe 35 tops in this game? Something like that. Something like that. But I saw Durant play against the Heat earlier this season. He played once. Uh, he had 25 points and 11 mm-hmm. rebounds. And the Nets, as a team, with Harden as well, scored 93 points at home. So, yeah, I don't exactly like the Nets' chances. Now, I know that the supporting cast is better, and I know that Miami could be dealing with some fatigue but after that type of loss against Milwaukee, I think Miami's going to be fully focused. Had Miami won the game, I think there was a chance they'd rest some guys. Yeah. I don't think they're resting anybody after that loss. And I think that heat culture is just a little bit too tough for Brooklyn to handle right now. I'm going yeah. Miami. Man, I really was sitting here. And I was telling somebody. So I'm in a group chat with you know some of my frat brothers from school and stuff like that. And – they were saying it was like, yo, who you like, Miami and Brooklyn? And I had to remind them every single time. I honestly, truly do not make my mind up on these games unless it's some trend that I just blindly follow. I really don't make my mind up on these games until I sit here and talking it out to y'all. And after it comes out, I'm like, yep, that's the side I'm on. But I was really sitting here like, I have no idea what side I'm on. I really feel like I'm on Miami's side. But I feel like Scott is going to say something. And he's going to say something. He's going to bring out something that makes so much complete sense. And he's going to sway me over to Brooklyn. Yeah, it makes sense. This Look, team's bad. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Like, yeah, the Nets are not a very good basketball team. The Heat might be yeah. a top three team in the league. I'm going to take Miami. <laughs> yeah. And so one of the things that I said when I was, you know, kind of working it out in my head, and I was like, I was like, well, the Heat definitely have the coaching edge. 100% have the coaching yeah. edge. And, you know, Nash originally thought he had three top 10, 15 players, however you want to rank them, to compensate his you know coaching but he doesn't have that anymore now he has maybe a 75 percent, 60 percent kd i'm also saying you got a you got a a kd that might be a bit rusty you still have no kyrie Mm -hmm. at home and you have no simmons so assuming everyone in miami plays i'm not saying that pj tucker is actually a durant stopper but your first game in about a month and a half two months the defender i don't want to face pj tucker he played him. He played him tough. He no, played he him does, tough. But I'm saying playoff, Tucker's going to make yeah. you work for it. So absolutely, absolutely. You're just not going to come easy. Has to go up against PJ Tucker. That's going to play him physical. Yep, going to play him physical. Absolutely. And so, I think that there's somewhat of a thought that maybe Jimmy or Bam sits this one. I don't but Jimmy it. and Bam have been – they've both been playing back-to-backs ever since they came back from injury. Well, I said, is, if they would have beaten Milwaukee, then maybe. But after that yeah, type of loss, I got yeah, to assume no, they're, they're going to be ready to yeah, win. Yeah, so 
I'm I'm on Miami here, and I think my favorite play in this game is actually Miami first half because, one, I don't even have to worry about second half of this game and what could possibly happen, especially after the debacle that Miami put, did yesterday. But the fact that Miami's really good on the road in the first half, they're sitting at 20-14-1 in the first half uh, on the road. And then if you sit here and you look at the first half record for the Brooklyn Nets at home, they are 12-16-2. So – a little bit more of a trend there with Brooklyn starting off slow in a lot of first halves. Now, this could be a little bit due to the fact that Brooklyn has been playing with what for the past month or so? Well, still, you got so, Durant, but the supporting cast besides yeah, Durant is just is, not is great. weird. It's very, yeah, it's not. So I think that is a very good chance, especially after that <laughs> agonizing loss that I, I called. Like, I told you that this was going to come down to the last possession. I just said that it was Chris Bilton that was going to hit the final shot. And then by the, the grace of God, it was Drew Holiday. That was a charge, right? <laughs> what? The Holiday drive. I mean, he completely chicken-winged him. I mean, that was completely a charge. I got to watch it again. He completely just again. stuck out the forearm. But yeah, He might have. He might have. Holiday's a physical dude. Mm-hmm. But... They're yeah, not going to call that. I mean, you don't want them to call it at that point. No, at the end, at that, yeah, don't. Just saying, his defender mysteriously yeah. ended up on his ass. Just going to throw <laughs> that out there. So, oh man, Drew Holiday. Ooh man, that guy is tanked. All right. Yes. Either way, I like Miami first half. I think that that's probably one of my favorite plays in this game, and probably the play that I would make for this game rather than taking a full game in this one. I find the and total maybe, extremely confusing though. Yeah, I don't really know what I want to do with that because I think that I think that Miami can lock Brooklyn down. I think I would just look at the under because even though Durant is not known for being like a defensive player of the year caliber player, he's still pretty good defensively. And a worst long. case scenario, he yeah, gives you length. Yeah. So he might help a little bit with rim protection. I'm going to look at the under. I think Bam is going to have an amazing game today. Well, he should. I think Bam. I think Bam is going to absolutely. And so, if you look at Bam's numbers, and I actually pulled this up because this was also one of my favorite plays of the game. Let me actually, you know, pull it up. But in his last five games against the against the Brooklyn Nets, and I'm going to start from you know the oldest game and go for it. 41 points, 26 points, 21 points, 24 points, 19 points. Not to mention the rebounds and the blocks. Like, he he dominates the Nets every time. Yes, absolutely. So, I love Bam this game. I'm all over Bam props this game. Maybe I'll parlay Bam with Jason Tatum today. That sounds fun as hell. All right. Enough about this one. We kind of beat that over the head a little bit. Moving on. The Sacramento Kings, who I took as my dog last night. Did I talk about our picks yesterday? I don't think I talked about our Oh, you didn't because wow, I, wasn't, I wasn't on the show. So Yeah, no, I didn't talk. Picks. All right, so, yeah, yeah, because I meant to – no, I meant to do it. We got distracted talking about something else, and we'll have to go back and listen to the tapes to figure out what we, what distracted me. But when you said that y'all went 5-1 and one on the propcast, I was supposed to come in after that and say, well, we had a 2-2 two and two night on <laughs> the NBA Gambling Podcast, so – I completely forgot to do that. Yes, we had a two and two night. I had the Miami Heat plus four and a half as my lock. That cash didn't even sweat that. I didn't even sweat it in the end because I knew that it was going to be a one point win yeah. by the Milwaukee Bucks because that's how I called it. So got that. 
my dog was the Sacramento Kings, and this is why I bring this up. Sacramento Kings did not get that done at all. I was going back and forth between the Kings and the Thunder, and I chose wrong. Yeah, okay. It happens, but if you still listen and bet Thunder, congratulations to you. Moonoff played the Knicks first half. That was his lock. That cashed, and he played the Miami money line and had the bad beat of the night when he lost that Miami Heat money line. So, Moonoff, we went, we hit our locks, missed our dogs. It's a new day. Now let's actually talk about the Sacramento Kings going to play the San Antonio Spurs, where the Spurs are laying six and a half points, 241 on the total. I'm still going over. <laughs> it's not I mean, I'm, me. I'm not taking the under. It's not scaring me. <laughs> that doesn't scare me at all. I will, literally, I will play the 241. Because the San Antonio Spurs are really good to the over at home. I think the only thing that scares me, how did Sacramento score 95 points against the Pelicans? You couldn't even get to a hundo? Yeah, that's really weird. And by the that's way, why, I mean, and that's really the, that's really why I thought that they were going to win because I was like, well, if this gets into a shootout, I kind of like my chances with Sacramento. I mean, I'm going to have a 50-50 chance if it gets into yeah. a shootout. So, yeah, give me Sacramento. But, yeah, Sacramento absolutely did not keep up at all. I, I got a bit lucky because what my one of my player props was De'Aaron Fox over 24 and a half. And even though they only scored 95, he somehow ended up with 25. So I actually won that yeah. anyway. But uh, do I want to so lay six and a half with San Antonio? Absolutely that, not. So that's what I said about – the Pelicans last night. That's the Pelicans, what I said about the Pelicans, the Pelicans might night. be a playoff team. Like I said a week or two ago, in a play-in game, I'm taking the Pelicans over the Lakers. And then the Pelicans came out and they beat the Lakers by like 20-plus in, in Crypto.com Center. But still, no, I think that, that New Orleans is a... You just gave me chills. That sounded... Disgusting. I know. I know. It sounds weird, but I, you got to say it until it be, feels no, a bit normal. No, You're going to call it Staples? Yeah, why okay. not? Either way, <laughs> the point is that New Orleans is a team that is still undervalued and I still think is actually going to be in the playoff bracket. I think they will be the eighth seed, in my opinion. I think they're getting really? in. Really? I do. I think they're getting in. The uh, more I watch so, this team, well, the more that, I like yeah. The more I watch yeah. them play, the more I, I mean, like So I think, I mean, I think Minnesota is going to beat the if, – if everything ended today, I absolutely think Minnesota is going to beat the Clippers, so – yeah, I think you're looking at Clippers, like Pelicans, and even though I do like the Clippers, I do think, though, the Pelicans just had more firepower. And if yeah. they can get this type of defensive performance, even though their backcourts, Devontae Graham and McCollum, mm-hmm. they're really more talented than the average eight seed is. So I do think they will eventually get in. I actually like this team. They grew yeah. on me. But the point is... The Kings lost to a potential playoff team. Now they're facing off against San Antonio. They got embarrassed mm-hmm. by 30 last night. So you can make an argument, even though the Kings have nothing to play for, they're still professionals. They got humiliated. They might be in a yeah. pretty good spot here mentally to bounce back. But I'm looking at San Antonio here. They lost to Chicago by 11. They lost. They beat Oklahoma City on the road by 8. They needed double overtime to beat the Wizards by 4. They lost to the Heat. They lost to the Grizzlies. Yeah, You want to lay six and a half with this team? Because I don't. So I think in a shootout, kind of like what you were expecting from yesterday's game, I think we're actually going to get today. I'm going to take the Kings in a track meet. Oh, man. So, well, 
Do you agree with that blog theory, though? They're still professionals. I got to assume they're going to be pretty annoyed after what happened last night. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, it's, uh, I, I always tell people, you got to have short-term memory when it comes to this stuff. And six and a half is like getting in, you're getting into three possession territory. Like you're, you're on the cusp of three possession territory that you're giving with the Spurs. And I just I'm think looking, it's too many. <laughs> I'm looking. Okay. So they've covered, they've covered seven and a half against Houston. They've covered seven against Oklahoma City. They've covered 10 against Detroit. How long ago was that? They've, the Detroit one was day after Christmas, or that might be Christmas Day. Okay. I don't know. You know I'm one. No, it's, it's not Christmas Day, because why the fuck would that be on Christmas Day? The point day? is you're going back to December. Like, yes, it, yes. It, I'm yeah, all the way. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. So I was definitely in December for that. Uh, where was I at for the other ones? I was in January for OKC, and I was in – what was the other game that I said? Houston. Houston was early February. Okay. And then I have to go all the way back to the first game of the season. Yep, mm-hmm. first game of the season when they played Orlando, where they laid seven and covered. So Orlando, Detroit, Houston, OKC, literally the four teams at the bottom of the league. I'm just saying you're a month plus going through the research. Like that's not exactly yeah no recency. no it's not no it's not no. good yeah it's not it's not recency at all but literally those are the four worst teams in the league <laughs> those are the four worst teams in the league right now I gotta think Sacramento's a little bit better than those guys yeah no give me give me the six and a half I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna have short term memory I'm gonna forget that Sacramento just got smacked by the Pelicans like that. And I'm going to say Sacramento covers six and a half this time. If they don't do it this time, then I'm never going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like I got to do some they, research, though. Did Jakob Pertl retire after Morant ended his career? He might have. He might have? He okay. might have. Keep yeah, that in he mind because he's a pretty good center. Yeah, he is. So we got to see if he's playing. Maybe I should actually, you know, run through the injury reports so people know who's playing in the game. You I got to send his family great. some flowers or something. Yeah. Oh, he no, he's not an injury report. I'm playing. No, he's not. Okay, so <laughs> Romeo Langford is out with a groin injury. Doug Mandurin is questionable. Uh, Rashawn Holmes is still out with the back injury, and Terrence Davis underwent went wrist surgery last month. He's not playing. You know that. Yeah. Oh, this, this is really tough. Man. They they got to be professionals. This has to be a spot. This is really a really good spot for. The Kings. I this think is a very is. good spot for the Kings. All right, let's take the Kings. Six and a half. Moving on, we have the rematch of a couple of days ago where the Warriors <laughs> gave up probably one of the worst second-half performances that I've seen them give up in a very long time. I'm going to say Warriors are traveling Dallas to play Dallas Mavericks. Mavericks are laying – wait, are they really? Yeah, they're lying. No, this no, this line opened up with Golden State. When I was looking earlier, Golden State was a fit. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So change. yes, <laughs> Dallas is laying two against the Golden State Warriors. I promise you, when I looked this up, it was Golden State minus two, and that's what I had did my handicap off of earlier. Golden State minus. So is is Dallas minus two, two twenty on the total. Going through the injury report, like a good host. We have, for the Dallas Mavericks, Theo Pinson is still out. Like, that even matters. 
Good bench. Good Marquise bench Chris, uh, supporter. Hey, he should still – if he's not – if that finger injury is keeping him from the bench, that is really, really – like that is a de- demoralizing for the Mavericks. Marquise Chris is out – Nank, uh, Neil Katina, whatever, however you pronounce his name. I really hate that guy. He's a former Nick. You should know how to pronounce him. I really, really know because I hate that guy. And I can't say what I call him on air, but I hate that guy. I really, really do. No, I'm going to say it. Frank is a bitch. I hate Frank. You're not a Neil Akita guy? No, not at all. I really hate that guy. Really, really do. I'm so mad. Oh, the Knicks suck so bad. Jesus Christ. All right. Trey Burke is... No, so Frank is actually questionable, by the way. Trey Burke is questionable, and yeah, no, he's done for the year. Going down to the Golden State Warriors, who are have Clay might actually Damian play. Lee. Damian Lee is questionable. Clay, with an illness, is expected to play. Moody is listed as probable for the game. Iggy is not playing in this game. Draymond Green was a limited participation in practice uh, last week, but he's still out. And Wiseman was recalled by Golden State. So he's with the roster. He's not playing right now, but he's with the roster. I'm not sure if anybody knew that. Okay. Is this redemption? First of all, what's up with this line movement? Um, I'm assuming the line movement has to do with the fact that Golden State – was laying points, and people were either A, traumatized, or B, starting to think Golden State's not very good. <laughs> but are we really taking them as dogs here? Like, are we, are we, are we fading them as dogs in this spot? See, that's, that's like, the they thing. Have to come, they have to come here and want to beat the shit out of the Mavericks tonight. I'm going with Golden State personally. I yeah. probably would have taken Dallas, but then Clay was expected to play, so I have to reconsider. But you're looking at the regular season meetings. Dallas killed them the first time. Second meeting, Golden State beat him by thirty-eight, and then wait, in the, the first time, wait, the first time happened. was in the fir- third, first time was in Dallas, right? Yeah, for that was yeah. So that was that was Dirk Knight. That doesn't count. Yeah. Okay. So either way, uh, you had Dirk Knight. They won by seventeen. Golden State won by thirty-eight at home, and then Golden State was up by about nineteen, and then punted the entire game away in the fourth quarter. So yeah, absolutely. I guess my question for you is: if Golden State does not blow that third game. And assuming that they win by five. Yeah. What are they laying? Like three here? Yeah. Two and a half? Gotta be. Gotta I think be. it's an over. Because now they're, because now they're, because now they're, um, they're, yeah, they're laying three in this spot because they're on the road at this point. And I think they were laying four and a half in that game. No, it was four and a half. It was four. It was like four and a half, five that game. So. Point is, I think it's an overreaction three. to the choke job. I'm going to go Golden State yep. with Clay Thompson back in the lineup. Absolutely. It is a, it is a, a vast overreaction to me. I, th- I I know we have questions about Golden State, but I'm not going to sit here and act like the Mavericks are the perfect team. I'm really not. I ought to give I Jason like the Kidd Mavericks. props, though. Jason Kidd's yes, great he's doing great. He's doing amazing. And I can't wait to see what the Mavericks do in the future. And I, th- I think that the Mavericks could be on the up and up where – Maybe not this year, or it could be this year. It really could be this year. But there's going to be at some point where they're going to make a crazy run similar to, and I know we always compare the two, but similar to what Trey Young and the Hawks did last year. They're going to make a crazy run through the playoffs because this team can be really good, and now they play defense. Mm-hmm. And the scoring really hasn't ticked off. Like, the scoring has ticked down just because they play defense so well. They don't need to put up 
130 points like Rick Carlisle had them doing. But they can still score the basketball when they need to. And so the Mavericks are going to be really fun. But this is just the spot says Golden State. This is a really – the line says Golden State. This is a really big overreaction to what what happened last time. And Clay is going to make all the difference in this one. I agree. So it's, it's, it's not much for me. We're, we're going to go ahead and take Golden State here. All right. Well, I guess we're done, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go home. Let's just uh, go ahead and make our picks. And, oh, wait, no, we have the Lakers playing the Clippers, where the Clippers are – and they're playing in Staples Center, by the way. And the Clippers are laying two and a half. <laughs> the Lakers wish you was in Staples Center because if you, if you went back in Scott time – Scott wasn't phased by that at all. I was going to say, because if they're playing in the Staples Center, that might be a good thing for the Lakers because that means they went back in time so the team might actually be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the Clippers are laying two and a half for good reason. Probably should be more. The total is sitting at 220 and a half. I mean, the only thing and the only thing, and I mean the only thing that I could ever say that should entice you to the Lakers is the fact that everybody and their mother is betting Clippers. Literally the only thing that I could say would entice you to the Lakers. You don't think there's any truthers out there? What? For the Lakers. Lakers You don't think there's any truthers? Oh, no, there's definitely definitely truthers, absolutely. But I'm not going to be out here and be a a Lakers shooter. And I'm probably one of the the most pro-LeBron people in all of SGPN. (laughs) And no, there's nothing nothing to like about the Lakers in this game. Not to mention the fact that they haven't – what did you say? They haven't beat the Clippers in like three years? Uh, I think it's at least two years. I think they beat them right before the bubble happened. I think that was the last time they beat them. Yeah. Or that might have been the first game of the bubble, maybe. No, 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 because I think that was the Jets. I don't know. Whatever. It's been a while. Yes, it's been a very long time. And it, and this Clippers team hasn't been good, by the way. So they've still been losing to them when they haven't been good. Is no, I can't I can't rationalize any like any shape or form. I can't look at any stat. I can't give you anything to rationalize the Lakers winning this game. The only thing I can tell you is that maybe you just want to fade the public. Because this is the ultimate – the Lakers are the ultimate fate, the public spot. Are I wanna, they? I want to see – where's the – why is everybody still betting Lakers? This so is you keep saying, like, logically you should fade the Lakers, but people will always yes, try to logically, bet people are, a small Why price. is – there's 68% of the money is on the Lakers right now. That is ridiculous. All right, so look, this is what we're going to do. And because you all know that I am a LeBron fan and I think LeBron is one of the greats, this is what I'm going to do. Because this is this has to be the only way for the Lakers to win a game. I'm going to lock up Clippers minus two and a half right now. Lock it up. Okay. That's the only way they're going to win. Only way they're going to win. So you're trying to lock up Clippers. I'm going to lock up Clippers two and a half. Okay. Because no, because my luck is that shitty. My luck is that shitty that I'll lock up the Clippers in this spot right now where it makes no sense for the Lakers to win, and the Lakers go out there and win this game. I think the so, yes. one thing that would give me pause about laying with the Clippers, the fact that even though LA or sorry, both teams are LA, even though the Clippers are three and oh, they've won <laughs> each of the first three games by four or less points. 
So they've sorry, been very I'm close. Sorry. That was funny. I'm sorry. I know. I just, I'm like, LA now. Actually, that, that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that was funny as shit. Say but it again. Still, Say it again. I was laughing. I'm sorry. Say it again. So the point is that the Clippers are 3 and 0 against the Lakers this season, but you're laying two and a half. They've won each of those three games by less than five points. So it's been very close. I can't say the Clippers have dominated. The Clippers did dominate for about the first half of the last two games. Then the Lakers have some random third quarter, early fourth quarter run, and they fall apart in the final five minutes. It's kind of just the same story over and over again. Happened with Dallas as well uh, in the Dallas game. But I got to go with the Clippers too. I think one prop that I do love in this game is LeBron over in rebounds. I've mentioned mm-hmm. this for weeks. When AD's out, bet LeBron rebounds over. He had 11 yeah. against them last game. He had 12 against Dallas. I believe his number's nine and a half. But we saw even in Dallas, or in the Dallas game, they were using LeBron more at center. So mm-hmm. do I think Howard will get some run in this game? Yes, because Zubak is a big guy, and they'll probably use Dwight for a piece in this game. But LeBron should really end up with a double-double in this game. So I think one of my favorite plays would be LeBron double-double. What's going to happen, and it happens all the time. It literally happens all the time. They're going to start with Dwight at center, and then they're going to go down, and then they're going to realize, holy shit, we can't do anything with Dwight at center, and then they're going to move LeBron to center for the rest of the game. And they're going to go on a brief run for about the third quarter, and then they're going to get yes, bl- and then they get embarrassed they, in the end of the fourth. Yes, that's 100%. That's how the game always goes. It yeah. literally goes the exact, way, exact same way every, way every game. But if you're going to give me a guy who's going to be playing center for probably 15-plus minutes in this game – how do I not take the over and rebounds? Yeah. Have the Lakers won a game since All-Star? You I wish. So. Oh, yeah. It, this, I, I just know. Fade me. Fade, f- fade me if you want. I really – I just know for a fact because I'm so – I. this might, is probably the only game that I knew 100% before when I went to this podcast that I was taking the Clippers. But – it just feels like as soon as I lock this game up, the Lakers are going to win the game. And I'm I, got, I got to give a quick shout-out, though, to the books because they finally started to make the Lakers underdogs. They finally yeah. started to not have the Lakers favored in games, and I'm proud of them. They started. They yeah, finally they were losing learned. so I'm much fucking money. They were losing so much fucking money. Well, I mentioned it in the last Clippers game. We talked about it, and I said, how the hell is this team favored against the Clippers and the Clippers own this team? And it's like, well, they still got LeBron. Now money came in on the Lakers. They closed at minus three. Have fun with yeah. that. Didn't make yeah. any damn sense. But now the Clippers are favored, which they should be. It's going to be close. But truth is, I think that's the issue with backing really anything Lakers related. You don't know when they're going to roll over. Nope. Yeah. Lock it up. Clippers minus two and a half. All right. Let me see here. Let's take a quick break and talk about – Whoa. I lost my ad reads. All right. That's embarrassing. That is terribly embarrassing. Would have been less embarrassing if you just didn't say it publicly. You lost your ad reads, but, you know. No, but, yeah, well, yeah, it would have been. But I'm a man of the people, and I tell the people what's going on about me all the time, even if I tell them too much. But this time I'm going to tell them about PropSwap because that's where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness. Hey, Scott. Ooh. All of gambling Twitter was against my Aggies last night. Sean was the only one that was rotting with us. Everybody, everybody was against my Aggies last night. It, like I'm talking about, I'm going and I'm looking on Twitter, and you know all those like cappers and stuff that be on Twitter. Everybody had Rafford. 
everybody had Rafford. Stop disrespecting HBCUs, man. They can ball. Oh, it was a good win. It was such a good win. It was horribly terrible when they didn't score the ball for like 11 minutes. But it was still a very good win that they yeah, pulled it comes it with the territory. It's all about the double. Yes. Hey, no. So, look, this is the thing about they're going to always give me a sweat because they know that I really do appreciate the sweat in a win rather than just getting the blowout in a win. I appreciate sweating and then ultimately winning in the end. I hate when I sweat and then I lose because why did I even have those emotions? Just get blown out so I can give up. And you lose a but, few pounds. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't need to lose any pounds. <laughs> I'm saying in general, though, people sweating out games might lose a pound. Yeah, too. definitely. Definitely so. But shout out to the Aggies and not even just the Aggies. Shout out to the whole Big South because the games are crazy in the Big South. March Madness is here. Uh, Charleston Southern didn't win, win one, one conference game all year. One and conference game that comes and knocks off and one in and one 15 and comes and knocks off UNC Ash, UNC Asheville. Yes. Presbyterian and Campbell went to overtime, double overtime, double overtime. Oh, the Big South Tournament is turned, and I wish I was there in Charlotte. March Madness is here, and Prop Swap is your place to cash in on the big dance every season. Prop Swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams, like West from Iowa, who sold a $250, 30-to-1 Arizona to win the championship ticket for $750 on Prop Swap. Now the time now is the time to final Cinderella's while the odds are low and the cash out is high on prop swap where the tourney starts. And when you're making your bets, remember to go for two. Make two tickets bet on the same team so you can sell one for a profit and keep the other to let it ride. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you will always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red-hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your tickets into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. And the SGPN app is live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts like this one. Don't forget to toss us an app review and send us a podcast review. And download the SGPN app today. All right, Scott, lock and dog time. What are you doing for the slate tonight? So for the lock, I was tempted to take the Clippers, but since you jinxed them, I'm not going to bother. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Heat here. I, I really want to make a case for the Nets because, of course, as a Nets fan, I'm hoping that KD's return will spark this team and bring them, hell, even out of the 8-9 discussion. Like, we'll, we'll see what happens. But Brooklyn has been awful at home, mainly mm -hmm. because Kyrie can't play there. They're mm -hmm. still missing Simmons. The Heat are off an embarrassing choke job against Milwaukee. And in Durant's first game in about two months, he has to deal with P.J. Tucker. And I know that P.J. Tucker, I can't call him a stopper when Durant drops about 50 in a game six and a game seven, but I think you understand my point against yep. Milwaukee last year. He's going to make Durant work for it. And I do think that Durant's going to have some rust in this game, but Adebayo should dominate on the inside. Jimmy Bowler owns this team every time they play. 
The Nets bench can't contain Hero. The Heat just have too many weapons. They're too good. And I do think that even though people expect Durant to play well, it's a bit of an overreaction for a guy that hasn't played in two months to suddenly carry this team to a win with basically no help. I'm taking Miami minus, what do you say, three or two and a half? I would say it's two and a half. So I'm going to take him at two and a half. All right. For your dog. I feel like both of us are just going to blindly be on Golden State. We're just going to have a double dog, which never goes well. Never. You want to do Golden State or should I do Golden State? I'll let you choose. Uh, well, I, was, I know you're going to take was, Golden State. So just, just no. I was so Golden State was possibly going to be my lock. I don't really? think I was going to make. Okay. The, I don't, yeah, I don't think I was going to make them my dog. They were possibly going to be my lock though. Yeah, then screw it. I, I'm, I'm low State. key. I'm low key sitting here still trying to decide. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go with Golden State then. Okay. I was really trying to make a case for... I don't know if the Pistons can win outright. I thought maybe the Kings were in a good spot for six and a half, but I still think the Kings aren't very good. This mm-hmm. Warriors team is in complete free fall right now. I might have to sell a ticket on them on prop swap because I have them at about 50 to 1 to win the title. From a Did you par- really? From a parlay that I have, yeah. It's oh, okay. I have left. Oh. So oh, I got, okay. I got the right. Warriors... It was a free bet, say, actually. It was a Where free bet, actually. <laughs> so I've been contacting PropSwap on Twitter asking if they take free bets. But it's like 125 bucks to win like 5.4K. So I'm yeah, not sure what I'm going to yeah. do with it yet. I'm probably going to sell it because I think Golden State is not good enough to win the title. But yep. the point is, it's simply put an overreaction to what happened in the choke job in the fourth quarter last game. Golden mm-hmm. State was really cruising the entire way. Clay's coming back for this game, which helps. I don't think Golden State should be a dog here. And even though I do love Luka and I do like how Dimwitty's looked with this team, Golden State, I think, is just a deeper roster. I'm going to take Golden State. I love it. I love it. All right. For my... Well, you already said you're taking the Clippers as your lock. No, I said I was locking the game. I didn't say I was making them my lock. I'm I don't know what the difference is, but you know, no, you that, I lock locking the game up, but I'm not making them my lock. But it is a it is a lock for me. So when you see them on tally site, it will be a lock symbol next to them. I will risk my lock record record on the Clippers. How okay. is that? How is that lock record, by the way? Uh, I'm sure I can pull it up. I'll figure it out at some point. I'm pretty I know sure you're I'm crushing it, though, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm above 500. I know I'm above 500 somewhere. All right, before I'm wasting people's time. I was trying to let you flex about your record, but then you didn't know what the record was. I was trying to sit. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, no. Just know, but you just know I'm, I'm top 10 in Tally Site pick, Pickers for the okay. NBA. In the Pass season, there so. was right off the backboard. Like yeah. you were right hey, look, there. I'm not Moon, look, I'm not Moon Off. Moon Off will, will be very like humble about how good he's doing. And he'll be like, yeah, but you know, you can be up and down. And no, 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 no. I would tell you, I'm damn good. I am damn good. <laughs> so shit hell yeah i'm top 10 entirely site ah oh, definitely i will definitely tout i do not care all right i'm going to take a chance here because i really do hate when we like double like double plays up because it just never works out for us it never works out for us so i'm gonna take toronto minus eight and a half because i really think toronto is going to beat the crap out of the pistons tonight i really really do i'm gonna bank on van fleet playing in this game and if Fred Van Fleet doesn't play, then I just hope that it's a situation like 
the Pelicans. I'm not Pelicans, but the Suns yesterday where Devin Booker was out and then the Suns continued to thrash the fuck out of the Blazers. Is there a reason so, why uh, you took the Raptors instead of the over in the Hawks game? I don't I never take totals. Okay. I was just saying because I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I never liked it. Yeah, I never I never yeah, no, no. I never take totals as locker dog. I always stick to sides. So yeah, Toronto Raptors eight and a half. I feel I feel good about it. I think it is. I know you're on the Pistons, but I think Toronto's really going to run through them tonight. And it's a it's a revenge spot. I don't expect them to. I I think Detroit can keep in the game for a little while, and it can be competitive for probably maybe seventy five percent of that game. But I expect Toronto to pull away, especially if Van Fleet comes in the game, and then I'm sweating a little bit if he says if they say he's not playing. But we'll see. I like it still, so I'll take the chance. Toronto minus eight and a half. That's my lot for my dog. I always have great fortunes taking dogs against the Celtics. I, it, it's just like the gods come down, the gambling gods come down and shine upon me and say, yes, congratulations, you took a dog against the Celtics. We will reward you with the win. But it's also because Memphis is 12-2 and two when they John Morant's not in the lineup. So it's either John Morant plays and they're definitely better than the Celtics or John Morant doesn't play, and Memphis doesn't really fall off that bad for real at all. So I'll take my chance and just fade the Celtics here. Even on Jason Tatum's birthday, I'll, matter of fact, I'm sure that I can do like Jason Tatum 40 points and a loss, and that's probably some crazy odds. And I would, I would parlay that. I would. So maybe there's some Celtic backers that sit there and say that, hey, no, 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 you got to follow the line movement. Eh, nah, I don't have to. Give me the Memphis Grizzlies plus one fifteen. I know it's light. I normally give you something larger, but give me the Memphis Grizzlies plus one fifteen on the money line. Man, I got the Warriors. I think that might be even lower than one fifteen. Nah, yeah, it is. no. Well, it's it just moved to one fifteen because now they're plus two. Okay, so it was lower. It was like one hundred five when you said okay. it, and I literally right. watched it move as you were talking. I just didn't want to interrupt again. All right. And watch the Kings cash, and I was a day off on the Kings. That would be. Fucking, of course. Either way, Scott, do you have anything else for the people? Not really. You can find me on Twitter at Reichel Radio, R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio. Besides that, the Nets might be watchable again. I don't know if they're going to win, but they can definitely not make my eyes bleed for once, which is a good <laughs> sign. All I know is that we were planning on doing a color cast live stream for yep. the Nets Celtics game on Sunday, so I'm looking forward to that. Yep. And yeah, looking forward to making some money in the NBA tonight. Absolutely. As Scott alluded to, we will be doing a color cast, a color cast live stream where we will be calling the game. I will be calling it from across the pond. Scott and Moonoff will be calling it from the undisclosed locations that they are at in the United States. It's going to be a whole bunch of fun. We are going to have a bunch of laughs, jokes, probably talk with some listeners. Please make sure you guys tap in on the ColorCast app. Follow me at ReallyRail on the ColorCast app. I will probably be starting it, and you'll, be, and you'll get the notification when I start it up. But we'll be doing it for the game. We're going to have a bunch of live bets. We're going to have a really good time. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be hilarious. We may do a giveaway, maybe something fun. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Anything else? No, I don't really got anything else. You guys know where to find me at really real underscore underscore Instagram and Twitter. So I hit up Sean and Ryan. 
And, you know, I was talking, I was like, guys, like, I want some feedback. I want some feedback on how I'm doing. I mean, the fans and, you know, the listeners and everybody, they told me how I'm doing. I see the reviews and I appreciate y'all. Y'all know words of, like I said, words of affirmation is my love language. So I appreciate all of that. I really, really do. And so I was trying to ask the bosses and I was like, and I was talking to them. I said, guys, Sean, how did you come up with your ending? I literally asked, how did you come up with your ending? Because I'm struggling. I want something cool. I don't want to have to keep sitting up here telling people that I don't know what I'm going to say. I want something cool that is catchy and that everybody, and because when I listen to their show, I be saying it with them. I want something that people are going to say with me, something that is for me. So I don't know. How about I'm still fade here. the Celtics? How does that go? Ooh, yeah, absolutely fade the Celtics tonight for sure. Because my life, I mean, in my general, you just end every podcast, even during every single- the off season, fade the Celtics. <laughs> fade the Celtics. Fade the Celtics. <laughs> it's going to be one day that the Celtics are going to actually get rid of this narrative. And I can't wait because I really don't hate the Celtics organization, but it's just the past few years. They have really dicked me over in some really bad spots that they have won. And it's happened too many times for me to be able to forget. However, here we are. I still don't know how I'm going to end this podcast. I'm figuring it out. I promise you guys, we're going to get something really, really cool eventually. But as for now, I'm just going to say we are out. Basketball, give it, give it, give it the ball because I'm going to.